0: At this time, our pastor Brother Richard Haley. Amen. Thank you, sir. Well, it's a blessing to be here again this morning. You have your Bibles be turning over to the book of 1 Peter. We will read one verse there in just a moment. It will be our scripture reading and our text as well. And uh, while you're turning there, I uh, do want to add to what's already been said, a happy Father's Day to all you dads that are here this morning. And uh, then I, I, too, want to mention that we have uh, several deceptive people in our church. Uh, I had announced Wednesday night we was going to meet over here and clean out the shrubbery, uh, grass out of the shrubbery, shrubbery at 7 o'clock. And when I got here at 7, 7 o'clock as a bunch of them already got together and come over at 6 and cleaned it out. So uh, they did all that behind my back and I'm still... Uh, little upset about that, and, and uh, you know how upset it is when you've got work to do and somebody else does it, and, uh, but uh, glad to see that all looks good, and, and uh, appreciate those that come. I won't try to name all of them, but uh, several people is over here working, and we appreciate uh, the work that they did. All right, if you found your, uh, found your place in your Bibles at 1 Peter Chapter 3, if you'll stand please, we'll read the 7th verse. Likewise ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Father, we thank you this morning, Lord, once again for your word. We thank you for the opportunity of being able to stand for a few moments and, Lord, interpret what we believe that you've got for us to hear this morning. Bless each one that's gathered in this place. I pray, Lord, you'd touch the hearts of those, Lord, that has never come to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. And then, Lord, for those of us who belong to you, I pray, Lord, stir our hearts anew and afresh to the duties and privileges that you've given unto us We ask in Christ's name, amen. Amen. Now someone might think that it's strange that this is Father's Day and we'd read about the husband. But you perhaps will hear me say again in the message today and certainly if you stay around along, you'll hear me say it again. You can't be a good father until you first are a good husband. And I realize that there are cases where that Marriages hasn't worked worked out and uh, maybe the wife and the husband's not together anymore but still God's plan and God's blessings rest upon those who start out in the right order in the right order is husbands and then children or wives and then children and so God help us this morning as we try to uh, reveal unto all of us what God expects out of us as, Husbands and as fathers. And I began to seek for God's will and direction on the message this morning. And I used to never keep these outlines. I have to write these outlines down so I can kind of keep my mind going in the right direction. And I used to never keep them. I would use them one time. I'd throw them in the trash. If something happened that I didn't preach that message, I'd throw it in the trash and start all, start all over. But lately I began to keep some of them. And I went back as I was uh, uh, looking for God's direction, went back and looked at some of the older messages. And uh, there was nothing there. And I began to read some in the Bible and I could find nothing that seemed to touch my heart especially. And so I just stopped and began to listen to what God had to say in that still small voice. And he began to remind me of the roles that we have in this life, especially within our families. I thought of the role of the wife. We talked about that on Mother's Day. I thought about the role of the children in the family. Then I thought about the role of the master and the servant or the employer and employee. And then lastly of all, I thought of the role of the Father. And so that's what we entitled the message this morning is, The Role of the Father. And I was reminded anew and afresh that not only does God have a plan for your life, and I want you to understand that this morning if you're here, that God is interested enough in you that He has a plan for your life. Now, He'll not work it unless you let Him. But He has a plan. He has a place He wants you to be, and He has a job He wants you to do. But not only does He have a plan for your life, He has a role for you to play in your life. And especially if you have a family, He has a role for you to play. And so, as it's the plan of God that, he, that you have a role It is the devil's job to try to convince you not to fulfill the responsibilities of that role. And uh, we need to make sure that we occupy the proper place. And uh, I tell you, the devil's done a good job of trying to confuse our minds into what he expects out of fathers and mothers and children. And so it is that God has established way back in the beginning in the book of Genesis. The first thing he established was a family. He created Adam. And Adam went through and named all the animals and everything, and then he created Eve. And God said he made her for a helpmate. And that was the family. The next thing that he established was worship, the church. And then eventually he established human government. But if you'll notice, he established the family first. And there's a reason for that. Because that's the most important institution that man has a part of. Somebody said, as the homes go, so goes the nation. I believe that to be a true statement. The weaker the homes get, the weaker our nation gets. The lower the morals of the home gets, the lower are the morals of our nation. As the home goes, so goes the nation. I remember back in the days of my young adulthood, that's about a few years back, but one of the Russian leaders, and it seemed like it was Khrushchev, I'm not sure about that, but I remember what he said. He said, you give me one generation of American people and I'll conquer her without firing a shot. Now, communism is no more as far as being in the public eye. I might just throw this in as a side note. doesn't cost you any extra. Uh, communism is not dead. She's just a sleeping giant. But anyway... Uh Khrushchev, which was a leader at that time, uh, never saw his dream come true. But the devil has. The devil has gotten our young people and our middle-aged people and just about drug our country down to the bottom. And listen, folk, don't you get offended at me because I'm, I'm saying younger folk, there's some older folks are just as bad. But I'm saying the devil can work on you easier than he can some of us old hard-headed folk. And so that means you need to be more diligent in standing against him than maybe we are. Now, I want you to understand that I'm for the young people. And I believe that the hope of America lies within you. Us old men, we're not going to do much. We've just about run our journey. We've just about finished our course. And so the future of America rests on your shoulders. But let's get back to where we were going there while we are talking so much about the home instead of the Father. We've already said the home is the backbone of the nation. But the husband, uh, is the head of the house the father is the head of the family and I know that doesn't go over too well in the society in which we live and uh, but he he that provides not for his family God says is worse than an infidel you'll find that over in the book of first Timothy chapter 5 verse eight. Now, what does God mean when he says you should provide for your family? You can ask that question to most folk and they'll say, well, I should put food on the table for my family. I should make sure my family has clothes to wear. All of that's well and good. But it goes far beyond that. It rests upon the shoulders of daddy to make sure the children are mentally taken care of. In other words, they get some education. Now, when this little one gets up one morning and says, I don't believe I'll go to school. Uh, I wonder what daddy and mama going to say. I know what we said around our house. If, if you're not able to go to school, you better be sick. Or there's going to be trouble. We never really never did have that problem. Because we had it settled. But I'm saying that, that it's the responsibility of daddy, regardless of what mama says, it's the responsibility of daddy to see that that child gets an education. And then it's also the responsibility of daddy to see that he gets spiritual education. That he, he knows when, when time for church comes around that they just get up and go to church, no questions asked. Don't have to be any decisions made. Just get up and go. That's daddy's responsibility. Or you say, I don't like that much. I don't like it much either. But I didn't write this. God did. And so, what entails being a good husband and a good father? Let me share something with you over in the book of Ephesians. In the fifth chapter and in the 25th verse. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Now, if I went through here this morning and asked the husbands, Do you love your wife? Most of them say, Yeah. Love my wife. But do you love her like Christ loved the church? You'll say, What does that entail? Chucky, that means when she burns the supper, you got to love her anyway. That means when she doesn't get up on time every morning, you got to love her anyway. That means when 10 o'clock comes and her hair is still standing up on ends and she's still got on that old bathrobe, you got to love her anyway. Now we laugh about that, but I'm here to tell you I know enough that's ruining a lot of marriages. You, you know how sharp, we talked a little bit about the subtlety of the devil. You know how sharp the devil is? You know you'll get up, and, and this is just as true to wives as it is husbands, but we're talking to husbands today. you get up in the morning, and that wife's got that hair standing up and that old robe on, and, and boy, she doesn't look anything like the girl you married. And uh, she's burnt the biscuits, and everything's went wrong, and you leave home and you go to work and working right next to you is that real dressed up girl with her makeup up on just right and her hair all fixed. And the devil say, look how green the grass is there. Now. now I'm just trying to get you to understand how sharp the devil is. And husbands, it's your responsibility to stay faithful and love your wife. I'm sure glad God doesn't stop loving me when I stop loving him. And that's what he says in that verse. That even when we get lazy, do you ever get lazy on the Lord? Obey. But even when we get lazy and we don't do what we're supposed to, God still loves us. Husbands, you're supposed to love your wives just like Christ loved the church. We fall into sin. We disobey. Now you say, well, that's not too bad. Listen, why, let, me, let me throw this in just to kind of cheer the husbands up a little bit. The Bible also says wives obey your husband. But when the wife doesn't obey the husband, that doesn't give the husband the right not to love her. You still got to love her. Pretty hard load to bear, isn't it? And so remember, God said, I'm really going to get in trouble with the ladies here. But God said, Brother Joel, she's the weaker vessel. Now, she's not going to agree to that. But that's what God said. Now, I'll tell you the reason he said that. It doesn't mean she may not be physically as strong. may not mean she's not as smart. But it means women and men are made different. Now I don't care how many laws you pass and how many organizations you get together. Men and women are different. And they're not only different in appearance, they're made different. You know how mamas discipline children with their hearts. Oh, I know you need to be spanked, but I just can't bring myself to do it. But daddy's not so, because daddy thinks with his mind. There's nothing wrong with that. That's the way God made us. And women are more compassionate than men. But men, it's your responsibility, it's my responsibility to make sure that things in our household is run according to the Word of God. Remember, it was Eve that Satan was able to deceive. But it was old Adam that knew what he was doing when he walked in and said, Let us notice something in the, uh, let's see, it's in the fourth verse of the sixth chapter. And ye fathers, we finally got there, didn't we? Provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Paul wrote to the church at Colossians and said said it this way. (coughs) in the third chapter, in the 21st verse. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Now, does that mean I ought not never make my children mad? I've got, I guess, three children here today. You've got a perfect right if you ought to go, go to them and ask them if they ever got mad at me. You see... What the, the great need of, of society, American society today, is children need parents. Children's got plenty of friends. They don't need an extra friend. They need a mama and daddy that can, say, can look them in the eye and say, no, you can't do this. That word's pretty well left the vocabulary of many parents. But you got to learn to say no. There's some things that's not good. I, I sometimes use this illustration. You know, uh, we've always lived out in the country, and, and we used to live in a different place from wh- where we are now. And I'll tell you, snakes were pretty bad over there. And sometimes you'd see one wiggling out across the uh, lawn, and, and especially in the spring, it'd be so shiny and pretty. And uh, no doubt a little child would say, man, I'd like to play with that snake. Now, would a good thinking mom and daddy go over and pick that snake up and say, if you want to play with it, here it is. You'd say, that'd be stupid. But I tell you, we do some other things that's just about as stupid. We let them talk us into doing things that we know is going to be harmful to them. Why? Just because we don't want to say no. Just because we don't have enough courage. I, I think I've told this two or three times, but I'm going to tell it again because I think it fits so well. I, I was speaking to the young people over one day in the other auditorium, and I said to them, I said, how many has ever used this on your daddy and mother? You just don't trust me. And almost every hand in the house went up. And I said, you know what I told my children? You are exactly right. I don't trust you till you prove you can be trusted. And you see, children have a, have a way of deceiving us just like Satan does. And I'm saying, Father, it's your primary responsibility to make sure that that home is run right. The word provoke means not to stir up to wrath. They may get a little mad at you, but if you'll be consistent, they won't say mad. You can't tell them they don't have a right to kick a table and, and turn vases over and all of that. You, you can't say, you ought not to be that doing that. You're punished. You go to your room. Don't you come out. And then the next day they see you doing the same thing. They're not going to respect you, your opinion. If you're going to be the head of the house and you're going to set the rules, you've got to do it by your actions as well as your words. That way you won't provoke your children to wrath. It says, bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Nurture means to train them, to discipline them. God said you bring them up, but you do it according to the Lord, according to the Word of God. And then he says you not only bring them up in the nurture, but in the admonition. That means that sometimes you have to reprove them. You have to reprimand them. You have to get old to them. You have to, you might say, uh, set your foot down. But don't forget, it's always done within the confines of God's Word. And then you read this and you say, man, up in the first verse, it says, children, obey your parents. And parents are jumping up and down saying, I'm all for that. But you know the reason children don't obey parents? Because you don't demand they obey you. A child will do exactly what you let them do. And you'll never have the respect of your child and you'll never have the obedience of your child until you demand it. Not request it. Demand it. And that is primarily the job of the father. Bad daddy's won't be back, will they? Listen, as we come down close to the close, I want to tell you how God looks at the man of the house. I'll tell you before I read this, I don't like it. and You're not going to like it. There's several verses, if you'll just be patient with me, I want to read to you out of the 30th chapter of the book of Numbers. If a woman also vow vow unto the Lord and bind herself by bond, being in her father's house in her youth, a young daughter still under her father's control, and her father hear her vow and her bond wherewith she has bound her soul, and her father hold his peace in her, in other words, he doesn't say anything, then all of her vows shall stand, and every bond wherewith she has bound her soul shall stand. But if her father disallow her in the day that he heareth, not any of her vows or her bonds wherewith she bound her soul to stand. And the Lord shall forgive her because her father disallowed her. Now, and if she had at all a husband, now you get this, let me read that again. And if she had at all a husband, when she vowed and uttered her an oath out of her lips, wherewith she bound her soul, and her husband heard it, and held his peace at her in that day that he heard it, then her vow shall stand, and her bonds wherewith she was bound her soul shall stand. But if her husband disallows her on the day that he heard it, then he shall make her vows which she vowed that which she uttered with her lips, wherewith where she bound her soul, of none effect, and the Lord shall forgive her. In other words, he, he's saying here that if a father has a daughter that's under age and still under his control, it's his responsibility. But if that daughter, listen to this closely, right? If that daughter grows up and marries, then it's the husband's responsibility. Now, I I kind of pointed Ray out for a couple of reasons. Number one, because he stole my daughter. and Number two, because he said one day something about uh, the way she was acting was because of me. And I had to remind him he'd had her longer than I did. We, we do things and laugh a little bit about it once in a while. But I tell you, what we read out of the Word of God is not a laughing matter. Because God still looks at things the same way. Men are the head of the house. Now, men, listen. You can give away that responsibility if you want to. You can let your wife be the head of the house if you want to. You can let your children run the house if you want to. But I'm telling you one day, us men are going to stand before God and we'll give an account for the way that house is run regardless of who we gave it the authority to. Now, I promised the mamas when I preached to them on Mother's Day that we'd nail Daddy's hide to the wall on Father's Day. And uh, I believe we've done a pretty good job of it. But it's serious business, folks, because God has a role for everyone. And you will never find happiness until everybody gets in their proper role and stays there. We'll ask you to stand, if you would, please. Be out of prayer and song leader, the Brother Mac will stand on my right. I'll ask Brother, Mac, uh, Brother Bobby if he'll come to the center. And uh, Brother Van, if you'll turn around there on the left. These men are here to help you if you need a spiritual counseling. The altars are always open. If you'd like to come and talk with the Lord, you don't have to be a member of this church to do that. And two things will happen. I believe you'll meet the Lord there. And secondly, somebody will come to pray with you. As we sing, Brother Ray, what's the number?
1: 471.
0: 471 search me you oh God what you got this morning oh, and know my heart today try I've spoken to your heart about his eh? Are you a good husband know are you a good father this morning all time pray This altar is a good place to start directing any problem from in your every life. Every sin and set me free. I believe.